are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day you're listening to who? The always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please, go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work, from my packages, to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking, well, I am talking to Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals. We got a whole bunch to talk about. We'll talk playoffs, playoff Kershaw, we'll talk Goldschmidt, we'll talk Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly. So stay tuned for that. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable round. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, let's get to that conversation with Lucas Smith of the Lockdown Cardinals and I. All right, we got Lucas Smith of the Lockdown Cardinals. Say what's up, Lucas. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? All right, that's right. That's Lucas. We're going to be talking some baseball today. And, you know, we we got a couple of, well, I guess really just one former Diamondback player on the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. We all know about the deal that traded the franchise player away from the Diamondbacks. I'm not too sure too many people are happy about that. We did get a couple young pieces back. But, Lucas, tell me about Paul Goldschmidt this year on the Cardinals because I was looking at his numbers. His power might not have been there this season, only six home runs, but his batting average in a shortened season, 304, his OBP, 417, was the highest in like five seasons so tell me what you Mm -hmm. thought about Paul Goldschmidt in his second season in a Cardinals uniform I thought his second season was a lot more of what we're accustomed to from uh, America's first baseman and Paul Goldschmidt I think that his first year you know the average took a dip his power was there at 34 home runs but really the the average took a major dip at 260 the lowest of his career um, so I think that the first year in any deal, when, when you look at somebody either signing a free agent deal or coming over as the big piece in a trade, you look at someone who puts a lot of pressure on themselves, uh, on themselves, whether it be expectations from the fans. And that, I think that got to Goldschmidt. And he's notorious for slow starts. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Uh, but 2020, I think we saw second half Goldschmidt. You mentioned the power was down, only six home runs. But he was the most consistent Cardinal, without a doubt, on, an, on a Cardinal offense that was pretty abysmal. For, for most of the season. Um, he was the only player with above 300 batting average. His OPS plus was the highest that he, he had in, in three years. So it was one the one consistent guy that I talked about him in my, I did an off season evaluation a couple episodes ago. And I talked about how Goldschmidt, no matter what the lineup was, he was in there every day. And he was the guy that nobody on the other team wanted to pitch to. But Goldschmidt really, I think, stepped up in, in year two in St. Louis and you know, I think they got him for five or five more years with the extension. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of years with Goldschmidt because he really stepped up in year two. 
Yeah, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that's going to be missed by the D-backs. I mean, if you look at this D-backs offense, it was putrid this season. They, they, struggled, <laughs> they struggled so much to score runs. OPS was awful. They couldn't get on base. And Goldschmidt's a guy who batted 304. That would have been the best for the Diamondbacks. He had a 417 OBP. No one on the D-backs even came close to that, I believe. So if he was still on this team, maybe the D-backs make a little bit more noise in 2020. I mean, their team mm-hmm. was just so bad this season. I really wish we had Paul Goldschmidt. But can you tell me a little bit about what you think about Luke Weaver? and Carson Kelly because in 2019 I was really excited uh, about them uh how they they both played pretty well in 2019 Luke Weaver had a really good ERA last year now he did deal with uh, a couple injuries that kept him out for some time but in 12 starts he had 294 ERA then Carson Kelly last year he didn't have a great batting average his OBP was pretty solid at 350 but he had 18 home runs in 111 games so he definitely showed some pop but this season they both just regressed mightily uh Carson Kelly couldn't hit the ball he could never get on base the power uh it was still kind of there he had five home runs but not really his slugging was only 385 and then look at Luke Weaver I don't know what happened to this guy this season but he just did not look comfortable at Mm. all on the mound he actually led the National League in losses I don't take a big I don't count wins and losses Mm. like a big stat for pitchers I mean I saw Rick Porcello win a Cy Young just because he won 20 games he definitely wasn't the best pitcher in the American league at that time but he had a six five eight year right he barely it seemed like he had if I look at his game log real quick I'm not even sure if there was any games where he went more than six innings he might have had one start the whole year okay the the longest start he had was five and a third innings he never even made the sixth inning or or complete or he never recorded an out in any sixth inning this season I just think that's insane for a starting pitcher Uh, a guy who could be a number two in your rotation. He has that kind of potential. And the way he looked this season was just atrocious. So tell me a little bit about Luke Weaver, because I know he had some down seasons with the Cardinals as well. His ERA was usually in the mid fours. His rookie season was five, seven. So tell me about Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly from what you saw when you were watching them on the Cardinals. Yeah. When they came up, they were kind of, you know, projected to be the next Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. To be quite frank, you know, Weaver had that kind of stuff. I mean, the more accurate um, comparison in terms of stuff uh, and just pure pitching repertoire was more of a Michael Waka with the fastball changeup combination that Weaver has. Um, and then Carson Kelly was projected to be the guy behind the plate whenever Molina left. And I'll, I'll start with Weaver. Um, he had a, there were there were times. I mean, 2017 was his best year as a Cardinal. He was seven and two. I mean, like I say, wins are are you know not the whole story, but an ERA plus of 109, so that's above average, and an ERA of 388. Um, which was his lowest in his three years as a Cardinal. So I think that Weaver uh, is one of those guys that his stuff, like you say, is there, but there are just times where his stuff falls flat. Uh, I, I don't think he's a guy right now that whenever his stuff falls, sometimes when you have guys that when their stuff falls flat, they still find a way that they grind it out. I think uh, Walker Bueller is that kind of guy um, in, in his first start. His stuff wasn't there in the National League Championship Series, but he was able to gut through a number of innings, whereas Weaver hasn't been able to do that in his career yet. So when his stuff isn't there, and you're going to have days when your stuff isn't there. Every pitcher does. Um, and, but I just don't think Weaver's been able to gut through that. And I, I'm pretty sure that, that you know, the, the nine losses, like you say, is, is crucial. Was it not – didn't Shelby Miller also have a pretty bad year with that Diamondbacks coming off of a Cardinal year as well a number of years ago? Did Shelby Miller have a bad year? Let me look at yeah. his thing real I thought that quick. Maybe he went to Atlanta first. Oh. But there, there were some – because 
No, I'm looking at it right now. In 2018, he had a 10-6-9 ERA with the D-backs and only four starts. Yeah. And the year before in 2017, he had four starts again with a 4 9 ERA. So he was never – oh, and he, I didn't even realize he played three seasons with the D-backs. That first year with the D-backs, he had 6-1-5 yeah. ERA and 20 starts. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty bad with the D-backs. Yeah, Diamondbacks have not have good, have not had good luck getting Cardinal pitchers, to say the least. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Weaver just had a rough year. I think that you know, 2020 was was a rough year overall um, for, for with COVID and everything happening and shortening the season. But um, that that was by no stretch of the means a good year for Weaver. And when you move on to Carson Kelly, I was never super high on Kelly. Uh, they, they said the intangibles was there. He played in a number of futures games and he was on the 18 and 16 U USA national teams as well. But he never really hit as a Cardinal. Um, he, he never really got a lot of chances as well. When, when you look at Molina uh, hawking up all the playing time. So he only played uh, 63 games in three years with St. Louis. But even uh, among that, he only hit 154, 227, and 188 uh, slash line. His OPS plus was abysmal, 13. Um, again, I get it, limited playing time. And, but all, all those numbers shot up for Arizona last year. Um, but I, I was never super high on Kelly. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, and I think 2020 kind of showed showed that the, how sometimes he just doesn't look like he can get solid contact on the ball. His OPS plus dropped 40 points from 19 to 20, from 111 to 71. So I was never super high on Carson Kelly. So I was actually, with that trade, I was ecstatic. Because I thought that, I don't know about what, what you thought what your reaction was to that trade uh, last offseason, but I thought the Cardinals absolutely stole Goldschmidt for, for what they gave up. And I think that, that right now, when you look at the stats and the results so far, a year and a half, two years in, I think the Cardinals absolutely won this trade because other than 2019 um, and limited playing time for both these guys, they really haven't impressed too much in an Arizona Diamondback uniform. Coming up, I'll tell you my overall philosophy when it comes to trading star players. But first, let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Wander often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Let's get back into it and let's finish up that conversation between Lucas Smith, Lockdown Cardinals, and I. Yeah, my overall philosophy when it comes to MLB trades, when you're trading star players like a Goldschmidt, 
or Mookie Betts, you're going to lose that trade, I think, 90% of the time because I just don't necessarily believe Mm -hmm. in prospects. And Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly did spend a little bit of time in the big leagues, a good amount of time in the big leagues before they got traded to the D-backs, but they weren't proven commodities yet. It was a lot of potential, and I just don't think that – really works in baseball you see so many times Mm -hmm. where a guy's a top 10 prospect they just never pan out so I'd rather just take if I'm trading a guy like Goldschmidt I'd rather just take you know a quality reliever and maybe an everyday player who I know has been proven on the big league level than just some prospects with that potential because you just never know with baseball it's just such a fluky sport and so many of these prospects never turn out to anything I mean we have like five different systems in the minor leagues like there's thousands of prospects like there's too many to count and I'm just never consistent. Yeah. I was just never, I'm not a believer in trading your one of your best players for just a couple of prospects. So I think when Paul, when the D-backs traded Paul Goldschmidt, I thought it was a bad deal. And we just saw the Red Sox. I don't know why they traded Mookie Betts for that deal. They could have got even like a Gratterall in that deal. And they said no because of his like health concerns. So I, I think if you're trading mm-hmm. superstar players, it's, it's always going to end up bad for you. But let me ask you this real quick. So, I, it sounds like you're – I think I already know your answer on this, but if you had to pick Luke Weaver or Carson Kelly as to, like, I guess build around or just keep them on your team long-term, I guess you're picking Luke Weaver or, or – I guess you're picking Luke Weaver over Carson Kelly in that scenario? Oh, absolutely. Um, I just think that Weaver has a higher potential, higher, higher ceiling than, than Kelly. They're about the same age. I think Kelly's just a year younger. Um, so I mean, you're losing a year, but a year is not that big of a deal. I, I'm always one. Whenever I look at baseball, I look at pitching first because I'm one with the philosophy that good pitching is going to shut down a bigger offense more times than a bigger offense is going to um, shut down uh, starting pitching. So I'm always looking for starting pitching to build off of. I think that just goes with me being a Cardinal fan and following them for a number of years with all these great pitchers. So I just think with, with Reaver, you have bright spots to look to both in 2017 with the Cardinals when he was seven and two and, thir- and, and ten starts. And with 2019 in Arizona, when we had a 2.94 ERA and a very respectable ERA plus of 153. Um, so I just, with the average of that being 100. So I think that Weaver is the guy, maybe maybe not the guy, obviously, but he, if I had to pick between these two, without a doubt, I'm picking Luke Weaver to build around because I just think you can build a rotation around Weaver with a more confident state than you can build a lineup around Kelly or even an infield around Kelly. Because I've just been... I've been more impressed with Weaver over the years than I have been with Kelly. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I don't know if Kelly could consistently show that pop, I might lean toward him because if he could be like a 25 home run guy as a catcher, those things, uh, those players don't grow on trees, but Luke Weaver definitely does have the stuff. He just was so inconsistent this year. His strikeouts per nine was still like nine and a half. He's a strikeout artist. That's not the issue. It's kind of Robbie Ray-esque where he struggles with his location sometimes. His walks per nine was around three, and he just didn't go deep into ball games. He had a lot of very high pitch counts, and even Tori Lavello would sometimes just not let him pitch into that sixth inning. After five innings, he could be at 75, 80 pitches, and Tori Lavello would just say, you're done for the day because we know <laughs> the numbers that that second time third time through the lineup it just kept getting worse and worse for Luke Weaver and usually that fourth or fifth inning where he where he really struggled in that's something where he's just going to get better he has to work on getting pitching deeper into ball games he has to work on his location not missing as much and just keep getting those strikeouts because he's great at tallying that up and limit the home runs because he gave up if I look here he gave up 10 home runs and only 12 starts I mean that's a pretty insane insane rate that's pretty much mm-hmm. with all the Diamondbacks I mean at one point 
I think in the middle of the season, they had like three of the top four highest home runs allowed on, on their rotation, like with uh, Robbie Ray, Bumgarner, and Luke Weaver. They were all like top five in home runs allowed at one point in the season. So they definitely got improved yeah. on that front. But let me ask you this, Lucas. Uh, I, I want to hear your World Series predictions. But first, let's hear your Championship Series predictions. We saw the Dodgers win last night. Was it now? Two to one? Braves lead. Yeah, two to one Braves. Yep. Two to one Braves. And now the Rays lead three to one over the Astros. So who do you have finishing out? Do you get do you think either team will come back and upset the team ahead? Or do you think the teams with the lead right now will just hang on and win the series and move on to the World Series? I think that the Rays hang on. I think today is a huge question mark because I don't know I have no clue who Curtis is who's starting for them. I think that the Astros are starting a rookie as well. So that, there's a good chance that game that series goes six. But I really like the, the Rays team. I think that they're, they're just a prototypical small market team that is finding success. And I mean, I think I saw some crazy stat like Garrett Cole's like Garrett Cole got paid more this year than the entire starting lineup in game five of the American League Division Series or, or some, some crazy stat like that where the payroll wasn't that far off between Cole and the whole lineup. Um, so I, I, just, I just love the Rays, and I can't stand the Astros for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure – I think we're we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I, I think the Rays hang on tonight. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would also – I think there's a safer bet as this, this series going six. And this Dodgers-Braves series is an interesting one. I think w- with the AL, you have the, the American League's best team that made this in the Rays. But in the NL, obviously you have the one and two seed, but sometimes those seedings aren't always right. I really think that the two best National League teams – are representing the National League in the NLCS. The Braves and Dodgers were the best all year, especially the Dodgers. Uh, I think they won like 40-some-odd games or something crazy like that. Um, and they have to feel good after a 15-3 to murder last night of the Atlanta Braves. That's the second year in a row the Braves have given up double-digit runs in the first inning of a playoff game. Last year was in a, a elimination game for them. So I just think that they have to feel good, the Dodgers do, with Kershaw going tonight. Because uh, so far this year, knock on wood, uh, playoff Kershaw has not shown up yet. So we'll see what game four leads tonight. I think that the Braves win it in seven. I do think that series goes seven. And if I had to put money on it, uh, I'd say Rays in six. So I think it'll be Rays and Braves in the World Series. And I think that'll be a good one. Yeah, let me ask you about that. Do you think playoff Kershaw's going to, you know, show his ugly head tonight? Because I kind of think he will. Game, was it game four now tonight? That's a pretty big game. You know, it's a pivotal game. You don't want to go down 3-1 in a series. Make it a real tough comeback. He's been suffering back spasms, so you might not have complete health. So you think Kershaw's going to be on the mound and dealing like he was in the regular season? Or are we going to see playoff Kershaw come in tonight and, you know, a little extra pressure on him? He's got the health concerns. I don't know if we're going to see the good Kershaw tonight. That's a really good point. I think that if playoff Kershaw is going to show up, he's going to show up tonight. Um, and like I said, pivotal series, pivotal game in the series. Um, you know, some could argue whoever wins this game could have the momentum to go win the series either way. Um, and I'm all too familiar with playoff Kershaw. I think playoff Kershaw got his name pitching against the Cardinals in 2013 and 2014, um, both in the championship series in 13 and the division series in 14, giving up, uh, I think, seven run innings or six or seven run innings in both those starts. So I'm very familiar with playoff Kershaw. I like playoff Kershaw. <laughs> uh, but I, I just think, yeah, so I'm going put to put a foot down. I think that playoff Kershaw has a good chance of showing up tonight. Uh, I said I put my foot down, and then I didn't put my foot down. But anyways, um, I, I think that Dave Roberts has to be careful, especially with the injury. I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if, this, if this, even though it's Kershaw, it's a short leash. 
because of his playoff resume and the backstop. So I think it'll be – I am putting my foot down on it's a short leash for Kershaw tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. If we're in the fourth or fifth inning, we see a couple guys who get on base, no outs. If I'm the manager for the Dodgers, I'm definitely looking at my bullpen. I'm already starting to make calls because I don't know mm-hmm. if uh, playoff Kershaw is going to re- uh, rear his ugly head. I mean, we've seen it last <laughs> year when the Dodgers yeah. were in the driver's seat and then he came in and gave up like two home runs on two pitches mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So play, uh, playoff Kershaw could you know, show up at any time. And that's the scary thing about him. But who do you, so who do you think is winning each series then? I don't know if I heard that from you. Yeah, I think it's Rays and Braves, uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Um, and I think that would, that would shape up to be a really good World Series. Uh, I don't think that the ratings would be as high, but I think it would be a good quality World Series. And that would be a tough one to call. Oh, yeah. The, I think the ratings would be disgusting if the yeah. Rays made it just because they, they already can't get fans into their stadium. And that was pre-pandemic. Yeah. They couldn't get fans into their stadium. <laughs> in an so, indoor stadium in Florida. I mean, there's yeah, really indoor, no other situation. Yeah, this might actually be their best time to get fans in, actually, <laughs> during the <laughs> right. pandemic, which is actually kind of <laughs> sad. But, yeah, if it was those two teams, I would probably just lean toward the Braves because – they do have the pitching like the Rays. I do think they have better uh, star power in their lineup because they have a potential MVP guy in their lineup. Thank you to Lucas for hopping on today's podcast. I got another part two coming up with him pretty soon. And thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. As always, I hope everyone during this pandemic is staying safe and staying healthy. And come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news, coverage, and insight because it's your team every day. Deuces!